1: It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6, stop the attack on bridge and road safety sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.
2: Jokic behind <coughs> his back. What a taste like Jokic.
0: What's your sitter? Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. It is 4 o'clock here in the Mile High City of Denver. You are listening to nothing but net radio, and if you are here for all things Denver Nuggets, then you are in the right spot, because that is the only thing we're going to talk about here for the next hour on the Pickaxe. First things first though, we do have one co-host with us today down in Highlands Ranch currently on sabbatical from South Carolina. It is Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, what's happening, man?
2: Not much, just enjoying the sunshine. It's been it's been a, been a few great weeks here. Uh can't can't really complain about that. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been a, I
0: mean, you can complain about the heat, I think a little bit. It's been a little ridiculous. Uh, we could
2: you as you said as you said I am from on on sabbatical from South Carolina. I am not going to complain about the heat.
0: <laughs> it's dry heat, right? So you can you can take oh, yeah.
2: that. Not even close.
0: I was I was trying to complain about the heat last week and uh, I had Mike Olson on and he's of course in Los Angeles, so he didn't really he wasn't going to abide my complaints. That's
2: for <laughs> sure. That is for sure. That's
0: nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's let's get into our uh, our rundown here and, and talk about everything that we're going to talk about here on the show. Um, it's it's so funny. So I want to I want to point this out first. Like, if you guys are listening to the podcast version of this, you're probably wondering, like, I don't remember the show with Mike Olson uh, from last week. And and you are correct. And that's why it's always best to listen to us live on Nothing But Net Radio at 4 o'clock on Saturdays because we had a whole show about Will the Nuggets re-sign Will Barton, where is LeBron James going to go, and, and by time Monday came around that I was going to post it, it, all that stuff was already done, and it was over, and it was just – it was it was outdated within 48 hours. <laughs> so <laughs> – Always, always make sure to try and listen to Nothing But Net. Um, you can download the Dash Radio app right on your phone and tune to the Nothing But Net channel. And like I said, we're on at 4 o'clock, but... Uh there's always really good NBA content. Sometimes general NBA content. Sometimes team specific, like our show. Sometimes just some really good music as well. Um, so make sure you're checking it out. But so we've got to live, We've got to catch up now with everything that happened in this past week. We're probably actually not going to talk much about. All, all right, I'll, I'll get your opinion right now, Ryan. LeBron to the Lakers.
2: Well, I don't know. I I think. It's it's probably what's best for LeBron in his life, right. uh, not necessarily on the basketball court. Uh, he's he's got a lot of great opportunities in L.A. He gets to continue to add to his legacy as one of the greatest Lakers to ever play the game. Uh, there's so many so many of our great players in this league have found their way through Los Angeles. Right. Uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see LeBron even in the twilight of his career. Uh, to see what he could do uh, he's he's I don't know what what his supporting cast is going to look like for the next two, couple of years but if it includes Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson then I'm and not Chell really McGee. super high. and JaVale McGee I am not <laughs> super high on his on the ceiling of that team let's just be clear
0: yeah it kind of seems like the Lakers are just this this year they're just kind of um it seems like now they're all they're just setting up, you know they're giving they're giving LeBron. I mean, I guess you could say gritty kind of veteran guys with 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 a little bit of an attitude, a bit of a nastiness to him to them. Um, that's gonna make them. And I mean, nobody's gonna want to play that team, um, whether or not they. I mean, I certainly don't think they're good enough to beat the Warriors as they're currently constructed. But it almost seems like um, they're kind of just giving him this for this year, and then they're setting up. Uh, it seems like they're setting up again for next year uh, to try and bring in another. Uh, major free agent. Cause they're signing everybody to one year deals, um, uh, which, which a lot of people are doing in general. So I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I totally agree with you in terms of this is like, what's best for his life. Like if you looked at it, it was like, well, he could either stay in Cleveland, um, or he could go out to LA. I think those were the only two options that would really kind of encompassed everything, not just basketball court, but his whole life and his family and everything. You know, he, we know he's got a uh, house in LA, um, his son Bronny will be able to play uh, in the best AAU leagues uh, out there in LA with some of the best talent, which will set him up uh, for for his next chapter of his career. So uh, it, it makes total sense from that end. It just sucks because it's the Lakers. You know what I mean?
2: So hundred <laughs> percent. Like it, it's it it just feels like the this is just another way that the Lakers are spoiled right. uh, over the over the course of the past. Ten years or so, they have been in the na- been in the rumors for every major marquee free agent, right? Uh, simply because they are the Lakers, and simply because they do have that allure. Right. Uh, it, it makes you feel as as a Nuggets uh, contributor, as a Nuggets fan, uh, a little bit miffed, I would say, looking at all these awesome free agents who continue to head to these places and seemingly pass over Denver even if Denver was tr- aggressively trying to get a meeting l- with LeBron right
0: and it's 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 disappointing to you because when you look at the rosters of Denver versus the roster of LA it's it's pretty clear which one has the better roster the nuggets do uh sans lebron of course um but but it wasn't you know it, like like you said, they tried to get a meeting, couldn't even get one, um and it's just like you know you you get a little discouraged because you're like man basketball wise he would have been way better off coming here uh than going to l a you know, so it is what it is though, and yeah. that's about all the time we can spend on it um. With with, yep. with LeBron. So let's let's talk about the other things we actually want to get into here This this uh, on the show. Um, Wilson Chandler, no longer a Denver Nugget. He was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Sort of almost an end of an era. Uh, Wilson was the last piece on the team, more or less. I mean, Jamal Murray is is tied to that Carmelo Anthony trade, but uh, J- Wilson Chandler is the last guy and player that they actually received directly from the Carmelo Anthony trade that was on the team. He's now a Philadelphia 76er. So we will talk about that. Uh, Last night, we had Summer League. Very first Summer League game for the Denver Nuggets. They've got another one coming up tonight against the Boston Celtics. I want to break down who we liked and who we didn't like uh, in Game 1. And then, like I said, we we were last week talking about what's going to happen with Will Barton. Now we know he has signed. um, I want to talk about his, his, I guess it's not an extension, but uh, his new contract with the Nuggets. Uh, And then finally... I actually want to talk a little bit about Carmelo Anthony. Ryan wrote an article uh, yesterday uh, kind of kind of pointing out the the reasons, the pros and cons of, of, of Melo coming back to Denver. Uh, we've heard rumors that there was some interest uh, last season on both sides that, that uh, to bring Melo back. Um, and I actually don't think it's a terrible idea. Uh, so I want to talk about that to wrap up the show. If we can get to it, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to hustle. But that will be it. That will oh, be. The we whole can show. hustle. Oh, we can hustle. All right, um, Ryan is a hustler. We will. Uh, <laughs> he's a. Uh, I'm. I'm more of. I'm more of just like the gritty, you know, um, grinder type. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs>
2: you know? That's no. I hundred percent. It's that. It's that dad in you.
0: Yes, it's, it's right. It's right. It's the dad. I mean, there you go. Um all right, let's let's get into Wilson Chandler, man. So he is traded to the Philadelphia Sixer 76ers uh along with a 2021 second round pick and the rights to swap 2022 second round picks. Uh the Nuggets in return get what was called minimal cash considerations. Uh so essentially they get nothing um except for 12 million dollars off of their books so when you when you put it all together um i guess let's start with this ryan was it was it time did the nuggets need to make this move with did they have to get out off of chandler and and move him before the season started
2: well i think they had to move somebody i think it it really comes down to not just the 12.8 million in salary that he had but the tax bill that went with it, right. according to Bobby Marks of ESPN, uh, the Nuggets not only saved the $12.8 on his salary but around $37 million on his tax bill, right. on on their tax bill due to it being so high and the Nuggets being in a bad position after those Will Barton and Nikola Jokic kind of re-signing slash extensions, uh, being as high over the luxury taxes they were – that was just an unrealistic amount of money for the Nuggets to pay. And given that Will Barton looks to be the one stepping into the starting small forward position next year, the need for Wilson Chandler was not as great. Right. And so he has the most value on the market of, a, of Kenneth Reed, Darrell Arthur, and Wilson Chandler of those three guys. So the Nuggets decided to move him. And it it made a lot of sense. Uh, they didn't have to give up a first round pick and they, they only really had to give up one second round pick because the right, to swap is, is going to be a very minimal uh, piece of that trade, I would say.
0: Right. Cause you, if you think about 2022, we're talking four years down the road, you would expect, I mean, both Philadelphia and Denver are young teams on the rise. You would expect both of them to be, or you would hope both of them, um, would be in the playoffs uh, by 2022, and and potentially even being having deep playoff runs. Those are likely. You know, you're talking about there's 60 picks in the draft. You might be talking about instead of the Nuggets having uh, the 52nd pick, they have the 55th pick or something like that. You know what I mean? It's uh, exactly. It, yeah, it's it's and at that point, it's not even like swapping first round picks. At that point, so far late in the second round, if you're actually going to keep the pick, um, you you've got somebody in mind who and and. and, and Gonna be that person's gonna be all over the place on other people's boards. They might not even be on other people's boards. Um, so you generally, you generally can kind of pick uh, who you want, and whether you do that at fifty-two or fifty-five, you're probably gonna have the the same guy is still gonna be there, and you would pick him, um, either way. So, it's really either way,
2: either way. Like they they save fifty million dollars in right. total. Like that was that was the most important part of this deal, and Nuggets fans who are going to look at the chronicies as being cheap and unwilling to pay luxury tax that's just not a that's just not a reasonable thing to ask of of the chronicies after the Nuggets didn't make the playoffs this last year right uh this this team is not going to win a championship this is a championship level tax bill uh right. they cut that down. And and that's fine. That's that's this is their first year in the tax, and it'll they'll probably still remain in the tax. To be honest, like it's it's going to be a year where the Nuggets pay more money for this team, and they better hope that they're in the top ten at the end of it. Uh, either way, I think the Nuggets have guys that can step up uh, in Chandler's absence. I think that Trey Lyles is going to take a larger role. I think that Juancho Hernan Gomez has the ability to take a larger role and will Barton being in the starting lineup is best for everybody. I would say because the Nuggets had their best lineups when uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harrison, Will Barton shared the floor.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Will Barton is, is, I think is proved last year, kind of without a doubt that he's certainly capable of handling starter minutes and, and starter production. He did that last year. Um, and even though he, Uh, technically spent more time coming off of the bench than than as a starter so it's uh, you know I I, when I look at well was it time to move on from Wilson for all the reasons you pointed out I would say yes but I also would think it it's a little bit different if you're talking about uh you know a guy like uh I I didn't even know because there's not a there's not really a a synonym here on the on the Nuggets, but uh, it's different if you're talking about a guy who's been a good soldier the whole time, who's never had any sort of, uh, you know, I- issues or, or comments that he's made about being unhappy. Um, And you just, you just end up sending him out for a straight cash. Flow. For example, when like back when the Nuggets, the last time they were in the tax way back in 2008, they sent out, uh, they, they, they traded um, Marcus Camby for, I think it was, it was the right to swap second round picks. Right. So it was like a, um. Yeah, it was. But Marcus Camby was coming off of like a defensive player of the year award. He had been a key cog, had always been a main part of the team and was was a, by all means uh, happy to be here with Wilson. I think you you kind of almost had to make a move off of him just because you didn't want this situation to get any worse. And you probably mm. realized if he's back next season, it's definitely the last season for him in a Nuggets uniform. And we're all moving on. Uh, so, like, why, why let that fester for the season? You know what I mean? You've already got Will Barton locked up. He's already proven to be your starter. Um, there's no point in, in, in hanging on to Wilson uh, for his production when you know it's going to be up and down and you're not sure how happy he's going to be to be here. So to me yes it was an answer to the question was it time for them to move on uh it absolutely was it was just uh, uh you know and it's 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 just kind of what happens I think in, in time Wilson is is now uh into his getting into his mid 30s he's never really been on a team that's ever competed for anything uh he's he's got the prime of his career and he's trying to get that one last big contract uh, it just it, he was just better off somewhere else than than with this Denver team, and so I think for everybody involved, um, this worked out well. Let me ask you this though, Ryan: Like, should the Nuggets, like you said, he was the one who had? I mean, he still he was a starter for them last season. He was still a uh, productive player on a team who almost made the playoffs. Should the Nuggets have been able to get more for him or anything for him uh, in return? No,
2: uh, not not in this cap market, honestly. Right. With with as few teams as there are with cap space, the Nuggets found a team in the Philadelphia 76ers that had a need for a player of Wilson Chandler's caliber, and they likely went to some other teams as well to see if they could get a better deal. Uh, Other teams, my guess... Didn't really need Wilson Chandler as much. Teams like right. Atlanta or Chicago, they're looking for him as more of a hey, this guy makes twelve point eight million. Let's see if we could get a first round pick out of him as well. Right. Uh, in, in Philly's case, they're probably going to either move him because they trade because they're probably going to look to make a Kawhi Leonard trade at some point, or they're going to use him as kind of their primary bench forward. And right. that's that's a great role for him at this stage of his career. I think that he'll he will flourish in that role where he can play next to Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid off the bench, but also be a little bit more creative and and kind of go back to a bench creation role where he can isolate and post up and and take advantage of of bench guys. Right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And when you, with Philly, you know, when they when LeBron said that he was going to the Lakers. Uh, that obviously the Philly probably would not have traded for Wilson Chandler. In fact, I'm guarantee they would not have traded for Wilson Chandler if they had been able to sign LeBron. Um, uh, but they weren't. And so then it was like, okay, they were moving on to that next step of their plan. Uh, and, and Wilson Chandler was that guy. Now, the reason though, I think the Nuggets, uh, even though you had a team like Philly who, um, who, who need, who actually probably can use Chandler and isn't just like a, a team like Atlanta, uh, like you're pointing out, who would be taking him as a pure salary dump. Um, even still, I mean, these GMs are they—they're looking at the same cap sheet as we are. They know what the Nuggets were up against. They know that the Nuggets, like, pretty much had to move someone. So the Nuggets just didn't really have a ton of leverage, really any leverage, um, whatsoever to try and get an asset in return for Wilson. Ultimately, when you look at it, I think if you're they, they've they've so far, I mean, at this point the Nuggets could not trade Kenneth three and they could not trade Darrell Arthur. And they, they have a manageable tax bill. Yes, they're still in the tax, uh, but it's manageable. It's not this ridiculous number that they were going to pay with Chandler still, um, still on the team. So like they, at this point, the Nuggets by trading Wilson and only giving up essentially a second round or four, have uh, accomplished the goal of, of making their cap sheet manageable while also not giving up a first round pick, which was kind of, which I think was, Probably going to be the case if you're trying to move off Kenneth Farid, right? Like nobody's going to take Farid, um, a player who did basically didn't play at all last season, um, and and not want that first rounder uh, in return. So with moving on from Chandler, yes, you get nothing back, but you almost, you almost sort of keeping your first rounder is almost right, is that asset that you get to keep, whether it's a 2019, 2020, whatever. Uh, you still have that first rounder uh, in your back pocket which you can still use uh, in another trade or you can still uh, or you can just hold on to it and use it as a draft so that that to me is almost is almost the return they actually get for this is because they know all right we didn't have to uh, we didn't have to give this up give up these assets to clear up our cap sheets so um, I, i'm with you i don't think they could have got anything returned like i said i think the leverage was just not there and, and i really think they did the best they could. Uh, with the hand that they were dealt
2: all right percent no i think i think i think there's some interesting pieces to this uh just really quickly the nuggets are about nine million over the tax right now uh stretching kenneth Fareed's contract over three years would get them below that this year uh just just throwing that out there uh pairing Darrell Arthur with a minor prospect like a like a Wancho Hernan Gomez or Malik Beasley would also get them under there. Uh, there are lots of options now that Denver has to make this work. And it's really encouraging from that perspective because they gained back leverage. Uh, at right. this point, teams, like you said, were staring down a tax bill that was just massive. And now that's now that they know it's manageable they likely won't be able to charge Denver as much for some of these individual moves like a Darrell Arthur plus Malik Beasley package plus maybe another second round pick. That's very reasonable. Kenneth Farid plus maybe a second round pick or a Wancho Hernan Gomez or a Maybe even a protected first Liles round pick in, like that, in right. some ways, or Trey Lyles, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's much more reasonable that way. So I think I think Denver did a great job with this deal. I think they did a great job of sending Chandler to a, a place where he can be competitive immediately. Right. Uh, they've always they've always done right by their players. It's very encouraging right yep
0: yeah it's certainly like i said i think it's a win-win for i think it's a win for the sixers a win for the nuggets and a win for chandler so it um it, it's one of the one of those rare trades that i think worked out for everybody and and it is what it is like I said you, you they it was like i said is the best they could do with the hand they were dealt um okay let's switch it over to to summer league that happened last night the nuggets played the who the heck did the Nuggets play last night i can't even remember minnesota minnesota i some guys you know i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They played the they Minnesota They played Emile team
2: Jefferson wars. and Josh Okoji. That's right. That's right.
0: Um and no, what? uh, uh Keita Bates-Diop, right? is on that uh on that Minnesota Yes, team he flow. is.
1: Yes, um, he is.
0: All right. Uh so let me ask you this Ryan, uh who stood out to you in the in the first game?
2: uh Your your guy Vlatko Chanchar. Vlatko. Absolutely. Yes. He uh he it, it was it was really surprising to me when when I got my first good look at him. I I wasn't really expecting much, but that guy has a big frame. Right, uh, he's six foot eight, long arms. He he moves really well. You can tell that he's been playing professionally for a long time, and he's not he's not the most athletic guy, but he knows how to move. And he knows just how to play the game of basketball, which which is very rare for somebody at, at 21 years old. So really encouraged by what I saw from him, really encouraged by what I saw from Monty Morris as well. Like those are the two guys that I, I would say really stood out for me. Uh, and those are two guys that honestly I I see as being potentially rotation pieces next year.
0: Oh, that's a that, I, now I, that's a bold statement on Vlatko, but uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on both of those guys. I, of course, I'm always I'm always looking for for Vlatko Chanchar to to uh, show out. I'm pretty I'm pretty committed now at this point to being his the leader of the fan club, um, at least stateside. And, uh, but it was really nice to see it, you know, uh, to see him, well, like, like you said, it was, Vlako has kind of always looked like a skinny guy from what we've been able to watch, but like, it looked like to me, like he had put on, you know, he had put on some more weight and had more of a, an NBA type body. Now I don't get me wrong. He does not have an NBA body, uh, not by any means, but he was much closer than kind of what the, I, uh, what I thought, uh, we would have saw, which was kind of a rail thin, um, slovenian guy but uh no yeah he 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 played i thought he played extremely well uh he's you know vlako can shoot that's the uh that's something the nuggets have really placed a a premium on with all their draft picks over the past few years they always want guys who can shoot really well Um, vlako can definitely do that uh whether or not he makes it into the rotation whether or not he makes it onto the roster uh this season will be interesting because nobody i think nobody has really been thinking about vlako we've been talking okay You've got some some open uh, roster spots. You've got two open roster spots right now. You probably want to fill those with Tory Craig and then a backup point guard. You're hoping Monty Morris can be that backup point guard, and and so he would fill that roster. And then you say, okay, if we do that, then we can give our two-way contracts to Jared Vanderbilt and um, uh, Thomas Welsh. And... Nobody's like thinking about well, wait, what? if Vlatko really shows out and proves, if nothing else, that he's worth a two-way contract? Now I don't know if he would agree to that because he can make a uh, sizably much more money uh, overseas. But, but you know, like that's the thing I think it's going to be interesting to see is if he really shows out and the Nuggets really do want to bring him over this year. Uh, where, where do they find space for him? Uh, is going to kind of be the issue. And then on the other thing that you said with with, with Monty Morris, I think it, it's funny because Vlatko surprised you. I don't think anybody was expecting, you know, hey, look, I mean, I was, but uh, that was, like I said, that was just because I want to be the president <laughs> of his fan club. But I don't think most people were looking at it for Vlatko, you know, uh, as, as to be a guy who was going to show out in the first game. But everybody was watching Monty Morris. Like that is the guy who I think more so than anyone on this team uh, is, is the person that everyone's watching because they want to see, okay, can he be a full out NBA player? Uh, and, and last night he played he played great. I mean, I thought he was by far the best player on the court of either team. And uh, and he really did show that he could have that potential. Now, there were some things that I noticed, you know, about his game that are that are that fly in summer league that are not going to fly uh, in the NBA specifically. You know, he he was really good um, getting past guys you know last night with just going hard to the right and then kind of doing the scoop layup uh and i was i was just thinking about that i was like yeah uh it looks good now i was like but you know uh, most most nba players are going to force him to go left because he he seems to be pretty dominant uh trying to go to his right and then if you try that scoop layup uh in the nba that thing's going to get swatted nine times out of ten so it was kind of interesting to see how well he was playing against uh lesser competition though because that's that's what you wanted to see right you he has to dominate, uh, and he has to be the best player on the court every night for you to feel like he could be a backup point guard. Because that's what the Nuggets are looking at, man. I mean, they, this is a guy more so than anybody else on that team who they're not looking at. Well, am I giving to give him a roster spot? Coach Malone is going to be looking at him like, can this guy play in my rotation? Um, so it was really good to see that from Monty Morris. But I think we we were all expecting it, right? Like we were, and we were all hoping to see it. Because yeah,
2: absolutely. A hundred percent. I, I think with, with the rumors that the nuggets were in their boat for Tony Parker uh, one of the things that they, they, they probably didn't want to give Tony Parker a contract until they saw Monty Morris play in summer league. And I'm guessing that that's one of the reasons why Tony Parker is in Charlotte right now is because they, they offered him that, that two year, $10 million contract. But Monty Morris, uh, I, I disagree a little bit with, with, the the scoop shots and and not being able to get some of the things off that he is that he's been doing in summer league, I think that there were there were a couple of plays where he turned the corner in the pick and roll and nobody was in front of him and that that was that was a play that really stood out as something like okay this is not going to happen again, but Monty Morris really showed some deception. In in summer league, and he sh- he showed a lot more burst than I than I thought he had. He showed a lot more strength than I thought he had. He he has great touch around the rim. Uh, I I didn't even I I don't really remember seeing him missing anything within ten feet of the rim. So that's that's always an encouraging sign. Uh, I re- regarding him, I I think that he wins the backup point guard job. I think that Denver goes out and signs a, a minor third guy or, or maybe somebody to compete with him as opposed to just simply play over him. But I think that he's going to win this backup point guard job in Summer League. Uh, regarding Vlatko, there, there are a couple of plays that really stood out to me as, as plays where you really see what he, that he could be a bench forward in this league. Uh, he, he was excellent rotating. Uh, on defense, he was the, a, a stone wall at times on on the defensive end, protecting the rim even against guys like Josh Okoji. Uh, he did a, did a great job of walling up at the rim and providing some extra line of protection, and, uh, which is something that the Nuggets are are desperately needing from from their forwards going forward because uh, with Nikola Jokic and his clear deficiencies as as a mobile rim protector. You need somebody like that who can, who can provide an extra line of rim protection if possible. Uh, that was that was very important. And then the other piece of it was on the offensive end. The shot didn't go in, but I was really impressed by his post work. Uh, as somebody who, like the European basketball leagues are much higher on on uh, forwards and guards posting up than than the NBA is. Uh, and it was clear that Vlacko has, has a lot of technical ability down there. He's somebody who has been playing across across the pond for a long time, and it's clearly showing because he was able to gain separation, uh, get his shot off really easily. I think that's something that the Nuggets could really use going forward because I don't think that Wancho is really a guy who's who's a great post-up threat at this point in his career. Vlatko uh, could definitely be that guy. Right
0: yeah I, when you talk about post threats i mean I, I guess your best is probably paul millsap right now um or jokic obviously but uh, oh well
2: jokic for sure but right, like right. of of those like size guys uh when, once the defense starts switching and and you see hey flacco's got a 6 foot 2 guy on him it, why not throw him the ball in the post and let him let him see what he can do? Clearly, he has that ability. Uh, I can I can I can visualize it from one single summer league game. I I am I have no doubt in my mind that this guy could absolutely be a a bench forward in the NBA. Maybe not tomorrow, but given some weight training, given some experience across uh, in the United States, I think that he could absolutely be a player here.
0: Yeah, no, I I. I mean, I I agree, and I it's good to see it validated, right? Because I like I said, I mean, it, it's been kind of a joke, but but I have, I mean, I have been following Vlaco, and and he's had um, a really nice upward trend over the since the Nuggets have drafted him, um, and, and so it was nice to get that validation, you know, when you see uh, when you see him actually here over because he didn't play in summer league last year; he was playing um, for the Slovenian team in the uh, in the Euro League, so. He or Euro cup, whatever it is, but, um, you know, it's get him and, and see him show out was really nice. Cause he's only 21 years old, man. He's still got, uh, he's still got a long ways to go. You know, he could still, he could certainly go back overseas and come back and he's still essentially, um, just like drafting a guy after four years out of college. So, uh, very good to see from black. Let me ask you this, Ryan, uh, on the other end, who do you think is still in need of impressing out here on summer league?
2: Uh, I, I was disappointed with how Malik Beasley approached things after the first quarter right I thought that he was great uh, in the first quarter to be honest I the the first move that he made offensively was catching the ball driving quickly to the rim two dribbles uh, making one quick move and got all the way to the rim showed off his athleticism by making a, a nice acrobatic layup. Uh, that was really impressive but that was honestly one of the only impressive things that I thought he did tonight or last last night excuse me um, it's not encouraging to see a third year guy only put up 10 points off of an inefficient on uh, inefficient shooting and uh, he he looked lost on defense a couple of times especially in that fourth quarter when when Minnesota was coming back but uh, they They were just jacking up threes and and Beasley clearly had lost interest at that point right uh it's that's that's just not an encouraging sign from a from a a player that's supposed to be proving that he can be a part of a an n b a rotation uh right. Michael Malone was in attendance, and I'm sure he wasn't pleased in that regard
0: right yeah no i I would agree on Malik there i thought uh, it was the same sort of things we saw this last year in summer league too like Malik on the summer league team is is expecting to be like the guy right he he's supposed to be he's supposed to be their best player uh, on these summer league teams it's yeah uh, with with, without a doubt and and he I think he approaches it with that mentality but I don't I think we've seen now pretty clearly that if you're depending on Malik Beasley to be like your go-to scorer uh, it's just something he's not really good at like he's not like you said he looks out of control Uh, and he doesn't, he doesn't look coordinated and, and he, I think he almost was just overthinking it or just almost, you know, he's pressing is what he's doing. Um, and it's, and it's just not, uh, it's not working out for him and it's making him look bad. I think it's also. You know, this is, you're now, this is his third year, uh, going into, like you, like you said, and, and he's still kind of struggling. Um, it, it, it gives me shades of Emmanuel Moutier, you know, it, it's, it feels yeah. very similar. Like here we are year three. Okay. We should start to really see some improvement. Um, and we're just not. And so you got to start wondering, well, is there never going to be any improvement? You know what I mean? And, um, it's, it's a big summer league for him because you're right. They I, I think the Nuggets, just like they want Monty Morris to be their backup point guard, I think they'd like to find uh, a spot off the bench in the rotation for Malik Beasley, especially with Wilson Chandler gone. Uh, Will Barton takes over that starting small forward role you would hope Malik Beasley could be the guy to fill that, uh, to kind of fill that backup guard role that used to be occupied by Will Barton and be a scorer off your bench for you. But he just, again, it just doesn't look like that's that's he's got that in his game. And if he can't do it at the summer league level, he's certainly not going to be able to do it at the, you know, at the full NBA level. So I agree. You know, another guy though I thought was a little bit disappointing was uh, and has still has a lot to show is Tyler Lydon. He um he wasn't necessarily bad last year. He, or not last year last night he was just he was just, it was just kind of a lot of times he just felt like he was just there, you know, and he wasn't really, uh, he wasn't really doing much. He was just kind of hanging out, uh, at the three point line. And, and he didn't really, you know, you, here's another guy who's a first round pick, uh, and and you would expect to be one of the best players on the team. And he just didn't really, he, he, it was like he wasn't even there for, for half the game, you know? So, um, that's another guy who I think really, really needs to, to impress because look, man, I mean, you look, look, look what happened with Philly, right? Uh, another guy uh, who was a rookie last season, uh, Firkin Corkmaz, he scores 40 points, right? And shoots 8 from 14 from the three point line. Like, that's, that's what you are expecting out of your first round picks. Maybe not 40 points, but you guys are, you're expecting those guys to be the clear leaders of the team. And, and for the Nuggets, there, it's not. It's their, it's their second round picks from last season who are, uh, who are the ones who have been leading them so far. So uh, I'm, I'm still I'm – I'm not counting either guy out by any means. I mean, they both have guaranteed contracts. Uh, but those are the two guys by far, Malik Beasley and Tyler Lydon, on, on my radar that they need to they need to show a little more here in the upcoming games. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much time they get as well. You know, um, the, the Nuggets typically are going to set down those first-round pick guys uh, after a couple games, so they're not going to have much more of an opportunity – um, than they're going to have here in the next game or two. So that I think they both need to have work to do to show that they can be a part of this rotation. Especially a guy like Leiden, man. He's got four people in front of him. He needs to have a big summer league um, if he wants any shot at getting the rotation.
2: In in a lot of ways, I think Beasley and Leiden are kind of opposites in terms of playing style at summer league. With Beasley, he's he's extremely aggressive. He wants to have the ball in his hands. He, he starts isolating a lot. And with Leiden, all you get at this point is when 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 he gets pitched the ball on the perimeter, it's it's usually he's he's passing it right back to whoever passed it to him. Right. Um, it's he's he's basically a safety valve. Uh, I thought he made a really nice read out of the pick and roll last night, where where he was pitched the ball, he got he got into a into a set. Uh, with a with a pick and roll, and he was handling the ball, and immediately passed it out in kind of a, a bulldog pass, uh, which is where th- where the opposite corner lifts up to the wing, and it was right on point. Uh, it was right in right in rhythm, and it was to Monty Morris, and Monty Morris hit the shot, and I thought I was really encouraged because he completely faked out the defense, and that seems like a part of his game that that the Nuggets should try and. Uh, be interested in seeing more of uh, but we just haven't seen him really handle the basketball at all Uh, Malik Beasley we've seen handle the basketball way too much Uh, I'd be I'd be really interested in just seeing what Monty Morris can do next game see see how much she can facilitate for others and see if uh, see if Malik Beasley can play off of him a little bit more as opposed to being a more of a creator
0: Right. Yep. Yep. I, I would agree. I would. that uh, That's so that's the way you want it to go. So we'll, we'll have to see if that happens. All right, let's go ahead. Let's hit a break. And then when we come back, I want to, what the heck are we talking about in the second half of this show? Uh, I, I want to talk about Will Barton's extension um, or re-signing, I guess. And then if we get a little time, I want to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, since I know people will be shouting, uh, at their, at their, um, radios right now. If they're, they're thinking that I'm when they, especially when they hear what I want to say about Cardinals. So let's go ahead. Uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back.
3: we've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all, and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888, 719-659-6888, Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical
0: Welcome back into the Pickaxe Funded Show, Zach Mikosh, Ryan Blackburn. We are with DenverStiffs.com. You're listening to Nothing But Net Radio. Um, we spent the first half of our show talking all things Wilson Chandler, uh, Denver Nuggets Summer League, and we even got a little LeBron conversation in there because uh, why not? Uh, so let's. Set, I want to get the second half of the show <laughs> getting to getting kind of getting catching up with some some news um, right after our show last week. Uh like like within hours. Within hours of our show being like, Will Will Barton be back? What's Will Barton gonna do? The Nuggets uh the Nuggets had re-signed him um to a four-year, forty-eight million dollar uh contract Good on Will Barton. He had an opportunity to sign a four-year, forty-two million dollar extension uh, at the beginning of last season. He turned that down, bet on himself, and got an extra million and a half per year. So, good on Will. He is back in with the Nuggets, which I think was a needed, um, a needed move on their end. But Ryan, I wanna, I want your opinion. Did the Nuggets overpay for Will Barton? Uh
2: well, if we're, if we're going to talk I think we need to talk about uh, I think there are differing reports on the amount of of his contract. Uh, I think 48 million was the initially reported amount, but I think the actual contract is going to settle in at 53 or 54 million uh based oh, yep, off of yep. I, I think what You're I right. think what Sham said. Uh, I think it's going to be around 53 million. Um and if if that's the case then it's it's probably it's probably not an overpay maybe a slight overpay but it's it's much closer to market value uh will barton is a starter in this league it's it's very clear that he's one of the top 60 wings or uh whatever whatever you want to classify him as he's uh, he very clearly has the skills to be in this league for a long time and and has just shown that dynamic ability not only off the bench but as a starter as well he's he's not just a lou williams and i think that people are are painting him as a as a lou williams type uh which is a very valuable player of course but he can be in the rotation as a starter he can he can help the team get off to good starts as opposed to try and keep them in it while the while the bench is in uh I think that it was the right move to pay him starter money, especially if they do view him as a starter and they do want him to be in the lineup next to Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, as opposed to just behind him. Uh, I think this is the right move for them. Uh, I think that once Michael Porter jr. gets healthy, if he does get healthy and if he does show the skills to be able to play, then he's probably the next guy to play at small forward or power forward. But until that time, I think that Will Barton is making the right amount of money for what he what what he's worth. Right.
0: Yeah. I I, I totally agree. I think um, it's a market value contract. It's it's not like they got him on a deal or anything like that. Let's uh, make that clear. But uh, I think it was I think it was like I said. I thought it was vital, especially because now you traded Wilson Chandler. Like if you didn't if you hadn't got Will Barton back, you would be man. They would be in a in a tough tough spot. Now if they didn't get Will Barton back, they probably don't uh probably don't trade Wilson Chandler but if you have the choice between the two I think you certainly would rather have Will Barton uh the much younger uh well not much younger but he's about five years younger um guy and a guy who has consistently said that he wanted to be in Denver and that he um that he he wanted to help continue to grow what they're growing here uh but also a guy who's consistently said that he believes he's a starter in this league uh, I can think about that going back to my very first media day uh, which was I think three years ago now uh and, and talking to will and and he said that back then you know because I was talking about hey how, you know how did you feel about being voted for sixth man of the year you know g- coming in uh, I think he was like third that year in the voting and he you know he said it was all good but he said but I, I want to be a starter in this league that's that's what I'm trying to do that's that's what I believe I can do um and and he'll have that opportunity now and so when you look at it you're paying you're paying him uh depending on the season but you'll start out paying him 12 million a season and by the end of the contract you'll be paying him right around 15 million a season um a lot of people have made the comparison of his contract to to the mason plumlee contract uh but the difference is 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 why mason plumlee again mason plumlee i think is is adequately paid in a vacuum uh but the difference being the Nuggets have a center uh, who clearly can only play center. I, I hope we figure this out by now in uh, Nikola Jokic, who's going to play like 35 minutes a game. So you're not going to pay $13 million uh, a year for Mason Plumley because he's only gonna play like 13 minutes a game it's just it's that's why that's an overpay will barton is gonna play 35 minutes a game you know so you're actually i mean to get him uh at at, uh, 12 to 15 million a season is is a very adequately paid for for a starter i mean that's that's just it's pretty much market value so um I'm 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 with you on that. I think it's I think it's the the uh, correct move, and and I think it's it's not uh, it's not an overpay, it's not an underpay. It is just um, it is just market value. Are you worried though, Ryan, at all about Will being the starting small forward? We've kind of already touched on this, so I, I guess we'll just real quick. Do you have what what would be your concerns, if any, um, about Will Barton starting?
2: well i think that the nuggets are going to forego defense at this point i it doesn't seem to me like it's, it doesn't seem to me like a great option to have him jamal murray and gary harris as your primary uh perimeter players because they so surrounding nikola jokic that's amazing on offense given given their skill sets but on defense like you, you don't have a guy who can guard uh six foot eight, six foot nine players like LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, or those big wings. Uh, you don't really have a guy to guard the incredibly fast players like, uh, or in the, the, the perimeter threats like a Steph Curry or a, a, a Victor Oladipo or, or a Damian Lillard guys of that nature. Uh, Gary Harris has done a, a an excellent job trying to, uh, Trying to fill that in, but I don't think that's his best role either. I think that Gary Harris is great as kind of the second best defender in in that line, but he's been miscast as as the best perimeter guy for these Nuggets. Uh, In order for this team to find their defensive ceiling, I don't know if all three of them can start. I don't even know if two of them would be able to start at this point. I think that. when if if you're playing with Jamal Murray, then it's like having having a guy like Andre Robertson and Paul George playing next to him, that would that would make things a lot easier for him on defense. Right. Uh the same could be said with uh with Gary Harris where you where you surround him with an Andre Robertson and then a Patrick Beverly type. Um uh, Now, the Nuggets aren't in that great position right now, but they are in a great position offensively. This team could be a top three offense next year, and that can't be understated because in the end, all all it is about is outscoring your opponent, and if the Nuggets consistently outscore their opponent, regardless of whether they're a great defense or not, then that's encouraging to me. Uh, Will Barton provides more of an advantage than Wilson Chandler, and... That's that's really what this move was about.
0: Right. Right. You do lose with with Will becoming kind of the starter and Wilson uh, on the way out. Like you're saying, Gary Harris was kind of miscast as the as the best perimeter defender. But what a lot of times the Nuggets would do was when you ran into the LeBron James is the Paul George, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's uh, of the of the league then they would be able to put Wilson they would kind of make Wilson their primary wing defender and because he's bigger and put him on those guys um and then Gary would be kind of your second second guy which worked well except for that Wilson's defense was kind of I mean defense is so much about effort and, and Wilson's effort was up and down over the season so you never kind of knew he what would, you were getting She would
2: get up like Wilson would get up for those guys. Like right. when when you're playing LeBron James, when you're pay- playing Giannis, when you're playing Paul George, that's that's those are guys that Wilson Chandler he would make a big effort for. Uh, right. When you're playing the the minor starting small forward, when you're playing Joe Ingles, for example, excellent player, not of the same star caliber that that some of those other guys are. Joe Ingles would dominate Wilson Chandler. Like right, plain and simple.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and that's uh, what I think was the issue. But you at least had the size there with Wilson. Now you don't have that with Will Barton. And and like you said, when you play these bigger, small forwards, the Nuggets are going to be in uh, somewhat of a bind because they just don't have a guy and you can't really you can't like shift uh Paul Millsap on one of those guys even though i not not saying that Paul Millsap couldn't do it I think he could and I think that would be the way you go but now you got Will Barton like trying to body up a power forward in the post you know what I mean it's you're you're gonna be yeah. uh, or 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 you're he's guarding a, a shooting a stretch four out at the perimeter and that guy's just gonna be able to shoot right over him so it's it, it's kind of on the defensive end yeah that that I think is the concern because you really you have nobody to stop Uh, big wings from getting into the lane uh and then now you're back on relying on nicole Jokic to uh, be your rim protector which is which we just know is not his strength so it's it's concerning but 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 like you said i mean maybe you just outscore everybody that's i think that's the that's kind of the way they have to approach it just because um that's that's what they got and then hopefully you know it's it's in in the ideal world it's a short-term problem right because um Michael Porter Jr. in the ideal world is going to be your starting small forward of the future. He he clearly has the size uh, to guard anyone in that position. Uh, whether or not he has the ability is, is yet to be seen. But um, hopefully, you know, you you still feel a lot better. You could put Michael Porter Jr. on a power forward uh, and, and shift over Paul Millsap if you wanted to or, or uh, you know, make it kind of you get more more flexibility with your um rotation there uh so so why while this season i think it's going to be an issue i i'm hoping that by, by next season it's not because will will probably be back in the six-man role um while michael porter jr is there the starting small forward which gives them a little bit more of a traditional sorry about that people i just knocked something off my desk um but you know what i mean it gives a, it gives them a more uh it gives them a more traditional lineup so that that's my only concern and, and
2: even 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 if it's not Michael Porter Jr., it could be a star small forward that that signs with the Nuggets, like a a Jimmy Butler or a Chris Middleton or a I, pick your pick your poison with with one of the guys that are going to be on the market next year. Right. Like there there are a lot of options that Denver can explore. Uh, by that, like you said, Will Barton's going to be a stopgap, and we will see what happens this year. But it's time to give him a chance time to give him an opportunity to show what he can do. And maybe if he, if he shows an excellent, if he shows an excellent skill set, then maybe the nuggets decide to pick between Gary Harrison will and Will Barton. And one of those guys stays in the starting lineup and the others used in a, in a trade to continue bettering the team.
0: Right. Yep. It's, it's, it's absolutely a possibility. Um, okay, Ryan. So the last thing we can get here, we got a little bit of time left. Um, you wrote so you wrote an article uh, just yesterday about um, should the Nuggets be interested in bringing back Carmelo Anthony, which I thought it, it, it's at first, I at first, at first when I saw it, I was like, come on, man. But when I started thinking about it more, I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty turned around on this now to where I'm I'm I'm, I'm pro bring back Mellow um, for for the right deal my my whole idea with it was like if you could trade Mason Plumlee and Kenneth Fareed uh, for for Carmelo Anthony uh, that actually helps your it helps helps your cap out uh, long term because you get off Plumlee's contract a, a year early you get off that money a year early well uh, you give up Fareed and um and and you who's not doing anything for your team right now you could find a backup center to play 12 minutes a game i mean Salah Mesries out there he'd sign him for the minimum he can he can be a body uh, down low for 12 minutes and, and then like we've been talking about you actually you would have a a legitimate starting small forward a guy not 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 to say the wills not but but uh, a classic starting small forward um in Carmelo Anthony the the pros of course is everything all the baggage that comes with Melo and, and in his style uh what he he would equally give you nothing on defense um but I don't know. I'm I'm actually I actually would not be opposed to it. Um, what about you, Ryan? Would Would you a Would you trade him? Which I will say, my, my trade option actually doesn't really help Oklahoma City get out of their crazy tax bill, which I think is what they're trying to do. Um, or Or in the event that they Oklahoma City just stretched him, uh, because you could sign him for the minimum. Then at that point, uh, all, whatever you sign Mello for if he's stretched is just just reduces off what Oklahoma City has to pay him. So. Uh, nobody's going to sign him for anything, and Melo's not going to care because he's going to get his money either way. Uh, so you could sign Melo really cheap if they stretched him. Um, would you be open, Ryan, to, to either trading for him or just signing him outright if if he does get stretched by the uh, by the Thunder?
2: I'm intrigued by the idea. I think there's there's a lot of interesting factors that go into it. First of all, would would Carmelo accept a bench roll if he came to Denver because I don't know if it's necessarily the best option for him to start over Will Barton at this point. Right. I don't know if he's going to improve the defense at all. Like he is bigger. He is he's a bigger sized guy, but the, I don't I don't know if that necessarily with mellow translates into better defense that's that's not the the reputation he's had over the last few years of his career for no, sure so that's
0: not the reputation he's had his entire career right I
2: mean, yeah that's always 100%, been the big 100 100 100 um so the idea then would be to improve the offense uh and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what what he does that's better than what will barton does on offense at this point uh, true. If if you have if you have another option like a a, a way to justify it then then wonderful but I'd, I see Will Barton as a guy who's 27 years old who's continuing to get better on the offensive end and and is probably in due for a breakout year in the starting lineup to be honest uh, I I'd be a little bit more concerned if the Nuggets brought in Mello basically after telling Will Barton Hey we're going to start you. And I, I'm concerned what that could do to the locker room because it's it's it it would be it would be an intriguing place to be I would say uh, right. if if Carmelo would accept a bench roll, then I think it becomes a lot more palatable because then you can start your six at, your six, six Will Barton and and if that's not working. Or, or, if one of those guys doesn't necessarily have the greatest game, then maybe you can throw a Carmelo Anthony, and therefore for either him, for for either Barton or Paul Millsap, and and that could, that could be an option. But I don't know how how willing Mello is, even at this stage of his career, which which is the stage where he should be willing to accept a bench But right. I don't think he's willing to accept it at all.
0: Right, yeah, it, uh, and I think I, I do think you point out that that's the big kind of the catch right there, um, wh- whether or not he would be willing to come up, come off the bench. And you do make a great point. I'm not, you, you're right. I when when you said it, I was like, yeah, it's true. I'm not necessarily sure either if if he's actually a better player than Will Barton at this point. Um, but I, I just think it would be interesting just to more. I looked at it more as, as the cap, like because then you get off that you get off 27 million. If you wanted to, you could get off Paul Millsap's contract next season, so you could. You could potentially clear nearly sixty million dollars um, off your cap next season, and, and be able—that's a lot of money to be able to make a move, uh, a significant move. Um, you know, they'd ha- they'd have enough money for a for a max contract uh, in there, even with giving like an extension to um, uh, to either Trey Lyles or, or, or starting to work on the extension for uh, Jamal Murray. You would still be able now, to fit a max contract in there somewhere.
2: To- to be clear, I think that if they were able to do a Kenneth Farreed plus Mason Plumley for Mellow deal, I think that makes a lot of sense uh right. because you are as you as you said, you are getting off of that money but but that's not necessarily what I think Oklahoma City wants to do. They just signed right. Nerland's Noel, they have Jeremy Grant true, back in the house so, um, Noel, yeah. it's i i I don't think that they necessarily have a need for backup center anymore. So right. if, if if they if they were interested, then I'm sure that Denver would offer. I think that that makes a lot of sense. But if 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 they aren't, then I I honestly think that this is a way this is a this is something where Denver just doesn't call.
0: Right. Right. And just waits and see. Yeah. If, if there is interest there, I think that, that maybe you're right. They just wait and see to what happens. Uh, and let's let's Oklahoma City go ahead and bite the bullet and stretch them. And then you can then you can go from there. All right. We are out of time here on the Pickaxe Pundit show. I am on Twitter at Zach Nikosh, Ryan is at NBA Blackburn. Uh, also follow Denver Stiffs at Denver Stiffs and Nothing But Net is at MBN Dash Radio. If you guys uh, aren't following all those accounts, you should be. Uh, we're on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and we're also over on Facebook. So make sure you're giving us a follow and a like over there. If you are listening to the podcast version, why aren't you listening to Nothing But Net Radio for all the reasons I said at the beginning of the show? But if you are listening to the podcast version, we would appreciate if you subscribed and left a rating all righty ryan appreciate you being on man
2: thanks man for having me
0: all right everybody we will talk to you next week
1: It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for jobs.